Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 2, Episode 108 of this podcast. Uh, you join us as we are going through the April 13th to April 19th uh, section of the uh, Come Follow Me for the Book of Mormon, covering Mosiah chapters 1 to 3, filled with love towards God and all men. And today we're going to con- begin our focus on um, Mosiah chapter 3, verses 1 to 20, which uh, is titled, I can overcome the natural man and become a saint through the atonement of Jesus Christ. So King Benjamin continues his address now. He has spoken about how serving others is a vital part of our discipleship. But now he moves on to um, talking about the atonement, the atonement of Jesus Christ, and about how it cleanses it more. It does more than just cleanses. Um, He says in verse one, and again, my brethren, I would call your attention for I have somewhat more to speak unto you. For behold, I have things to tell you concerning that which is to come. So obviously we, uh, he goes into this discourse now about the Saviour and about how he has power to um, uplift and change us. Uh, and he begins in the first 10 verses, which we're going to focus on today, giving the background. Uh, he talks about how, how he's come to this knowledge, about how an angel has given him this knowledge and how the Lord uh, will himself uh, come among his his people. In verse 5 it says, For behold the time cometh, and is not far distant, that with power the Lord omnipotent, who reigneth, who was and is from all eternity to all eternity, shall come down from heaven among the children of men, and shall dwell in a tabernacle of clay, and shall go forth amongst men, working mighty miracles, such as healing the sick, raising the dead, causing the lame to walk, the blind to receive their sight, and the deaf to hear, and curing all manner of diseases. So he outlines the fact that the Saviour will come. And the first thing really I wanted to identify is why was uh, working miracles such an important part of the Saviour's ministry? I mean, that's the first thing that King Benjamin mentions before casting out devils and then the actual atonement. Why does he talk about him performing mighty miracles? Um, I mean, there is something here by uh, President Edward Taft Benson who said, quote, Jesus Christ was and is the Lord God omnipotent. He was chosen before he was born. He was the all-powerful creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the source of life and light to all things. His word is the law by which all things are governed in the universe. All things created and made by him are subject to his infinite power, close quote. Jesus, so obviously, um, you know, the fact that the Jesus Christ can come and perform miracles shows his power over uh, the elements but um, there was no why by book of mormon central number 508 why did christ perform miracles Uh, and it outlines a few other reasons one will be because jesus loved those people Um, you know he had great compassion for them we know from the example of um, him visiting the nephites in third nephi 17 that uh, he delays his leaving because he just loves the people so much and he wants to bless them and help them uh, it also uh, shows his power over death, which is something which I mentioned before, how it shows that he had power um, to do these things. But specifically, raising Lazarus from the dead uh, was a was a milestone, if you like, uh, in before, before Christ passed away himself, um, because it showed that he had the power over death to defeat it. Um, also, he had power over destructive forces of nature. So it again showed he was the creator. He could calm the seas and the tempests. Uh, and other things like that, so that, um, you know, those things will demonstrate his power. 
um, so that some would recognize that he was the one who'd been prophesied. Because, of course, in prophecies, prophecies of Christ, including this one by King Benjamin, it was testified that he would perform mighty miracles. And so he had to perform those miracles in order to show he was the Christ. Um, apparently, in the Dead Sea Scrolls as well, there was a prophecy in there about how um, Christ would perform many miracles. Uh, and so that so it showed that a prophet it also showed that he was a prophet like unto moses uh which you know we read in third nephi 20 uh that where jesus declares that he is indeed the prophet like unto moses uh, which was testified of in the old testament uh, moses performed a number of miracles a lot of miracles uh, when you can sit down and consider it and so jesus uh was you know had to do that uh, to show he was the, the next possessor or successor i should say uh to to moses but also so that jesus would be killed because of course in the law in that day in in the old testament uh moving into the new testament um you know it, he was told it was said by a number of the leaders that because he did these miracles he must be possessed by a devil and that they feared him uh, and so that will have likely accelerated his the process to him being ultimately crucified on the cross uh, so these miracles were a very vital part, probably more vital than we consider. When we think of Christ and the most important things in his ministry, we think of, obviously, his atonement. We think of, clearly, his resurrection um, and all the other things, um, even his example. But we often don't talk about the miracles that he performed. Uh, and I think that that, that that is another vital part of his life uh, and his ministry. Um verse 7, we then move into what he did ultimately come to earth for, and that was um, to perform the atonement of Christ. It says in verse 7, And lo, he shall suffer temptations and pain of body, hunger, thirst, and fatigue, even more than a than man can suffer, except it be unto death. For behold, blood cometh from every pore. So great shall be his anguish for the wickedness and the abominations of his people. Um, Prophet Joseph Smith said this, quote, He shall be called the Son because of the flesh, and descended in suffering below that which man can suffer, or, in other words, suffered greater sufferings and was exposed to more powerful contradictions than any man can be. But notwithstanding all this, he kept the law of God and remained without sin, whereby showing thereby that it is in the power of man to keep the law and remain also without sin. Close quote. So Christ had to go through these sufferings, these temptations, and the pain that he went through um, to show, you know, that certainly through our lives and through his life, he was perfect and that it was possible to keep the law. But because he was perfect and the son of God, he was the only one that achieved it. Uh, and so that's why he was obviously without, without blemish and therefore was the only one able to um, put himself forward as a sacrifice for others uh, to do this. Uh, in verse 9 of Mosiah 3, uh, it says, and, um, and lo, he cometh unto his own, that salvation might come unto the children of men, even through faith on his name. And even after all this, they shall consider him a man, and say that he hath a devil, and shall scourge him, and shall crucify him. Um, and John Taylor said this, quote, The Saviour thus becomes the master of the situation. The debt is paid, the redemption made, the covenant fulfilled, justice satisfied, the will of God done, and all power is now given into the hands of the Son of God, the power of resurrection, the power of redemption, the power of salvation. He becomes the author of eternal life and exaltation. He is the Redeemer, the, re the Resurrector, the Saviour of man and the world. 
In some mysterious, incomprehensible way, Jesus assumed the responsibility which naturally would have devolved upon Adam, but which could only be accomplished through the mediation of himself, and by taking upon himself their sorrows, assuming their responsibilities, and bearing their transgressions or sins. In a manner to us, incomprehensible and inexplicable, he bore the weight of the sins of the whole world, not only of Adam, but of his posterity. And in doing that, opened the kingdom of heaven not only to all believers and all who obeyed the law of God, but to more than one half of the human family who die before they come to years of maturity, as well as to the heathen who, without, who having died without the law, will through his mediation be resurrected without law and be judged without law and thus participate according to their capacity, works and worth in the blessings of his atonement. Close quote. Powerful words there by uh, John Taylor, who spoke about the fact that the Saviour came and because of his power and because of his sacrifice, all power is now in his hand. I love how in verse 10 it says, And he shall rise the third day from the dead, and behold, he standeth to judge the world, and behold, all these things are done that a righteous judgment might come upon the children of men. Why does Christ going through these sufferings and pains and sicknesses and temptations that we go through mean that we will have a righteous judgment? Well, quite simply, it's because he knows what we have been through. Um, the Saviour knows the individual pains and sufferings that you yourself have gone through. And because of that, he's able to judge us perfectly because he knows exactly what we felt, what we've been through and how difficult it is to overcome temptations that we go through. And so he is able to stand before us and say, you have done this through your life. However, I know how difficult it was to go through that. I also know what you have done to try and overcome it, the faith that you've put forward, the repentance processes that you've gone through. And whilst, you know, none of those things alone are able to, to put away those things that you have done, I know how difficult it is. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take all that. I have taken all that upon myself and you are free from this sin. What a wonderful blessing that is, that he's able to apply perfect mercy and perfect justice and perfectly judge us because he himself has been through that experience and done what needs to be done. Um, it's just a great blessing. And so what we'll do as we move into tomorrow, we'll go into verses 11 to 20, because then King Benjamin takes this further and says, yes, he has taken upon his, his, his pains and sicknesses and he has taken upon his, our sins, hit upon him, our sins. But there is much more to this than we can ever imagine. Uh, and it's glorious. So um, I hope you've enjoyed today. If there's anything you've been studying, please share it at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter or email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Or of course, you can join the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And trust me, there is so much more to come. So please stay tuned for tomorrow. Thank you for listening. And until we meet again.